0: There, you can't say do a barrel roll, but aren't no, there some no. iconic oh, voice clips. Right? I know
1: exactly. <laughs> I thought about this for days ahead of this. I need <laughs> okay. to hear I need to hear McKenna say good luck.
0: <laughs> good luck. yeah <laughs> Clean. hello everyone welcome back to another episode of flashback 64 or i guess in this case it should be like super flashback or flashback super something like that flashback 64 fx yes we've got mm-hmm. the special chip uh for this one um i'm gooey and i'm joined by mckenna as always hello and we've got returning guests. We've got uh, Idolism J. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I, I butted
1: in, butted into the intro a little early. Get my guy, get my bit in. But I'm doing yeah, great. Got to get your
0: shit in. <laughs> I get my shit in, dog. We also got uh, Connor Core. What's up, buddy? Hello. Good to be back. It's good having you both here. This is kind of a unique episode because normally, you know, we're talking about N64 games chronologically, um, but we're we've reached Star Fox 64. And for a lot of games that we've covered, even if we haven't done episodes on them, uh, if there's some kind of, like, precursor or something like that, we we like to go back and, like, kind of research and play some of the games or maybe replay games, whatever, what have you. So I thought it would be fun to spend more time talking about Star Fox because it's, it's such an awesome, iconic series. Like, it doesn't do it justice, really, to do one. Ep- we could do, like, multiple episodes on Star Fox itself. It's... It's a classic. So today we're going to talk about we're going to get into and talk about the predecessor to Star Fox 64, the the games on the Super Nintendo. And we'll probably talk about Star Fox uh in general here, but uh I guess I guess before we even really yeah, like go into and talk about the games, uh Jay and and, and Connor maybe Connor if you want to start first, like you both, you know, Put down on the list of n64 games you'd be willing to talk about as star fox so i was just wondering like you, you know you're obviously probably like previously a fan of this series like how did you how did you what was your journey uh with the star fox series just getting into it in general
2: well i mean i think it's the best game that's on the console for sure yeah, easily, Star Fox 64. It's the best in toast Right, okay. It. And I had, I mean, I had the game early on. I mean, when I was a little guy, I can remember throwing <laughs> around all the quotes and everything. Uh, but, you know, I, I just never played a game that was, I think, like that, you know. It was a little... I was a little too um, young for the arcade scene, but this has that arcade style gameplay. And it just, you know, it had been a totally rewiring of my brain to experience a game that encourages you to kind of beat it se- uh, several times over and try to get the yeah. best score. You're kind of encouraged to go through the whole game in one sitting
0: yeah so was star fox 64 for you like your entry point into the series it
2: was yeah i didn't actually end up playing i don't think the super nintendo ones until a little
0: bit later okay jay how about how about you like how did you get into playing these games my i i might have played snes star fox one before
1: i played 64 but it would have been close it would have been real okay um but 64 was like one of the iconic n 64 games that i grew up on like one of the early early games and uh i don't know how else to phrase this but other than like the iconic nintendo first party bangers that were on the n64 like Mm -hmm. nintendo's trick is so what if second and third party isn't there right we're bringing in the guns for the first party and like It was it was worth
0: though. That was kind of where it started. I feel like too, because you had a lot of you know people like not doing games for N sixty four previously. So we've only want to do cartridge fantasy seven on this this podcast
1: like a number of times.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And and it is really like, um, like there's there's other games we've played so far that have have been really great, but it it is great like. Pretty wild playing Star Fox sixty four. Like after having played some previous games and being like, like this is polished like on a whole other level. Like compared to a lot of the games we've played early on. I didn't really play it much at the time. Star Fox. I think I was really more became. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are like this. Like Smash was where I became kind of more familiar with, like just the characters and stuff like that because they had some playable ones and Smash and then Melee. But it, you know, it wasn't until, I think. I, correct me if I'm wrong I think actually on, on Melee they had you know where you could play was it Melee or Brawl it was on Brawl smash Brawl where you could play like demos of some previous games like they would let you play like various they would put you let you play like Ocarina of Time or something for like five minutes or something like that Brawl? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. that I, I'm, I, th- I mean by, by Brawl I was
1: so fighting game pilled that I only played games <laughs> for like competitive aspect of it so like I did the subspace emissary once in Brawl and then like right. know, I'm like, hey, I'm here to play against humans. But I've I've always been that way. I know it's not in Melee, but if it's in Brawl, I, don't I think have it that was judgment to to say one way or another.
0: And that was around that was around the age for me where it was like, oh, it's time to like you know like I want I became like even more curious about like the history of a lot of these like iconic you know, I was a big Nintendo fan, so a lot of these um Iconic or less so franchises, but I guess Star Fox was one that I kind of never really played. And then, you know, I I played them and liked them, but it wasn't really, honestly, until like a few months ago, uh, Connor, where you and I played some on your SNES Classic together, where I was like really, and I think too, just your enthusiasm and stuff. But that was like where I was really like starting to get into the games and I, and I kept playing them on Switch and then now, like when once we started getting into the territory of like preparing for the show, um, with these games and the Nintendo sixty four, where I was like, "Oh, I'm fully on board. I love Star Fox. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I, you know, I didn't really get into it quite yet. But I think you you haven't really played any Star Fox before, right? Mm-mm. Yeah,
3: yeah. First time playing. You didn't. All of them.
0: You didn't know like what it was really gonna be either, right?
3: No not not really
0: i think you had heard of uh star fox
3: i had heard adventures of the, yeah and
0: so you thought it was gonna be like zelda
3: well <laughs> <that one. laughs> i think i knew that like they started out as or i guess most of them are just like flying shooters
0: yeah yeah like well why don't so let's let's we're gonna yeah. we can kind of talk about both the games like Crisscrossed and and ended with later games too. If you feel like there doesn't have to be strict, but we do we uh, have kind of uh, we've got our classic uh, McKenna descriptions of the game in the spirit of our regular show. I also prepared a, a little flat, um, a smaller flashback segment for the release of the original Star Fox. Oh, let's set the stage. Damn. Let's go back. Let's talk about uh, March twenty second, nineteen ninety three was when it came out. Uh, the song Informer by Snow uh, had a, it was a seven week run at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. This was the most banging song anybody had ever heard. For three weeks, the number one album was Eric Clapton Unplugged, which is like, God. who cares? It's all about snow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about it. Eric Clapton, the old people are buying the album. We don't need to right? pit two kings against one another. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For two weeks in a row, the number one movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three.
1: As uh, okay, you said three. I, was, I thought you were saying three. Opera,
0: but I have <laughs> you saw three. I was I saw you were you were you were watching three. We we did a speed run mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, and this was yeah. Turtles were pretty powerful at the time. Uh, even we were reading in Nintendo power. Like people were going nuts for you know turtles and time and stuff. So turtle Big, mania
1: banger. Bang.
0: <laughs> Even though Turtles 3 isn't, you know, the pinnacle, this was a good time for the Turtles. It's, it's, um, how many
1: people out there in the world got three, like Big Apple 3AM tattooed on their their
0: forearm somewhere? <laughs> I have other games from the time. Uh, there was actually, I thought this was kind of fun, released right around the same, maybe in the same day, was a game called Star Wars X-Wing. And it was also I I haven't played it really, but it is a also a uh, space combat, you know, X-wing game. What platform uh, is that?
2: Yeah, that was a PC one where. Um, one. Yeah. I believe Star Wars X-wing, huh? Maybe I'm not. I, I, yeah,
0: from uh, from 1993. I would have I, I so somewhere around
1: 1994 or 1995, I would have had a like. PC Star Wars shareware Shoot. collection. Oh. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was okay. like, and I, mean, I could be getting my dates wrong because it just does It had a number of Star Wars games from the 90s, and it was just their demo discs, and it was like its own black plastic uh, case. And so it had a bunch of things. It Probably mm. had X Wing on there, but like I played it for Dark Forces and Dark Forces too. Oh, yeah, those are those are sweet. But I remember, I remember I had like at least three other ones that I would expect that X-Wing was was on there.
0: It could. Yeah, very well could have been. I think, you know, there's a lot of I guess we could talk about it more in, in the episode. But there's some parallels, obviously, between the two. Another game that came out around the time was Kirby's Adventure. Connor, this wasn't the same month, but I, I pulled this aside. It was interesting. I, I go to different sources where I'm like, what? what happened at this time, you know, there's some different websites I look at. The the obvious one is I just sometimes, I look at, like, Wikipedia 1993 in video games, and this popped up, and I was like, they didn't have many events listed, but I thought that this was amazing that they picked this out as, like, one of their dozen events that were big in the year, and it was the first Funko Land location on May 11th opens in mchenry county illinois in crystal lake bringing the chain's total number of locations to 62.
2: wow that's wild so, what an what a <laughs> extraordinary event slow yeah. news day i guess do they still talk about that in crystal lake the, the funko land <laughs> from you know, the 62nd location <laughs> yeah it's a they have, and now I it's just but a legend
1: remember back when funko was a word that you associated with positively
0: <laughs> yeah, I used to be a land. Now it's just a shitty little guy. From Grenoble, in the French Alps, weighing 476 pounds, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant is inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame, the illustrious organization. D- the, uh,
1: if, if I remember correctly, Vince McMahon made the Hall of Fame specifically so he could induct Andre in. Like that was like he was he, like the first. He was like the first inductee. Yeah, right? it was like like they made the Hall of Fame to induct Andre. You
0: know, it's it's a it's a weird Hall yeah. of Fame, but definitely Worthy. shout out to Andre the Giant.
1: <laughs> definitely worked um, for Andre.
0: At the same time, the Intel Pentium processor was released, so computers. technology Technology. (laughs) this symbol outside says inside you'll find a legacy of technological leadership and the intel pentium processor for the next generation of compatible power so we've set the stage fairly well um 1993 i don't i don't really remember it very well but
1: i have a a quick 1993 story because i do Mildly remember 1993 only because that's when my parents were building their house and Mm. my dad had a picture of me on like a little i wouldn't call like a toddler potty kind of thing because i was three at the time so i might have been a little bit bigger than that but it was a construction zone so i had no other choice (laughs) and he had he's had a picture of that and for a billion years he's held on to that picture as something he's cherished so last last year when i finished uh Constructing my basement bathroom down here uh, He got me a, a a Blown up and framed picture of me On the little oh. toddler potty to, to put above my toilet In my bathroom <laughs> so I know what 1993
0: looks like Because I have the picture of it like right You're over there You're looking at it That's
2: every day That's yeah.
0: <laughs> Every second day man I remember exactly two things from 1993 One uh, Is I got a dog I don't exactly remember it But I remember I feel like I was three years old, and I think that memory like imprinted on me. Just the feeling of like getting a dog.
1: The childlike wonder associated with owning a puppy.
0: Our weird like accordion door thing we had opened up, and out came a little puppy. And I'd never, you know, just couldn't believe it. And then also going to Six Flags Great America. I remember that. Let's talk about Star Fox. All right. McKenna, tell us about it.
3: Star Fox is a rail shooter where you play as Fox McCloud and control a fighter spacecraft while leading your team to fight the evil scientist Andross and his forces. You'll make your way through the Lilat solar system by navigating through a series of levels, avoiding obstacles, destroying enemy ships, and collecting power-ups. At the end of each level, you'll have to defeat the enemy leader. There are three courses to choose from, each with a different difficulty level, all of which start on your home planet of Corneria and end at Venom, the planet where Andros has set up base.
0: Well, you mentioned it right away. I thought this was interesting when we were when we were playing it, Connor. You were you've been getting into rail shooters lately. Yeah. Is yeah. Is that a recent thing?
2: Um, is that well, do the exactly, Star Fox. There's not very many of them. Uh huh. Pretty much before Star Fox, they had Space Harrier. If you guys are familiar with that <laughs> yep. game, yeah, it's a yeah, big uh, game, arcade game. They uh, ported it to several consoles. But you're a little guy on a jetpack shooting and stuff. That I think was a huge influence on this one. And then after this, they had like Panzer Dragoon, mm-hmm,
0: and mm-hmm. that's How about it. it? I mean, of,
2: like it's kind right of similar around. to like it it reminds me of like light gun games or something, you know, cause you're, those are also on rails technically, but, um, it's an interesting, it's a unique kind of genre.
0: Yeah. It's not one that I, I think I, I mean, I've played a little bit of like space Harry and stuff, but not an, like enough where I'm just, I play for a little bit, I die and I'm like, Oh, like let's, let's move on. Um, but then that, that's even how star Fox was for me for a while. Like, Oh, that's, that's cool. That's cool. But not really getting deep into it. Uh, Jay, Jay, how about you? Like, was that when you play? I mean, do you even... Did you think about it like that at, at the time? Or was it like, it's just like, oh, it's a game where you fly around in a ship?
1: So I was more arcade heavy. So it does have a, a distinct rail shooter light gun feel to it which i was able to graph onto it like it is you know they're both on rails kind of thing and i'm a big light gun guy i love light gun rail shooters that's like a huge Mm. part of my personality from my arcade days so i think it was pretty easy to take the the dna of Star Fox and graph that onto like hey you're on rails and you're shooting the mechanics are a little different but it's it's what's going on because i didn't i Like, in America, you're not seeing a whole lot of shmups, which is what this would more directly graph onto. Like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really... I wasn't playing Raiden until a little bit later in life, and I think I rented Tiger Heli for the NES a handful of times. (laughs) Maybe once, actually, because to this day, I'm still, like, not the best relationship with shmups, but, like, it would be the melding
0: of a shmup and a rail, like a light gun rail shooter the arcadeness is something I I really started to pick up on while playing this game over and over.
2: I do think this game is unique from a lot of other shmups too because not only is the perspective different, but also the way it handles difficulty I think is a lot different. Usually in most shmups you'll see things like different lives or different amounts of bombs or what have you, but this game kind of has a more you know, with the choose your path kind of deal and I like how it doesn't immediately alert you as well to what the E easy or hard difficult path is it makes it feel almost like a more sandboxy in a way
0: yeah i do like that And even like some of the levels you play like you could play some like the starting level is different uh no matter like if it's interesting that like it's completely different it's not just like hey it's there's like more damage is done it's like you're playing almost a totally different not totally different but you know what i mean like different sets of levels bosses and stuff like that they yeah. change the vibe of some of the levels you do replay i think that's really stands yeah. out as unique
1: economy uh, though what you brought up immediately fired something off my brain because when it comes to light gun games i would mark diverging paths as being like super important from House of the Dead 1, which was like 1996, and that kind of took influence from Virtua Cop and the way you could just choose your level at the very beginning, and that's 1994. So, like, Star Fox was kind of ahead of that curve by a a, 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 a noticeable bit by having that way of like, your level choices equal your difficulty.
0: In terms of that style of gameplay, like, what what was your sort of reaction to it? Because you had never really have have you played many games like it? And like, what did you think of it, Star Fox?
3: Probably the closest is just like stuff we've played at the the arcade. Like we've played some on rails stuff at the arcade. You know, somewhat like Shadows of the Empire.
0: Yeah, some of the space battles for sure. Uh huh. That's what's yeah. That's what's interesting is like there um, there are like reaching towards like, and you can see them. They do it in the later ones like. Wanting to have like a big open. I think that was actually what they envisioned it like at first, but then they were like, well, if we keep it on rails, like we can kind of structure this better. So it ends up being like kind of halfway between like an on rails arcade game and then like where I guess what they do with some of the later entries where they, they introduce open it up all, range all, all range
2: mode, all range mode
0: <laughs> activated. Did you enjoy? Star Fox in that similar way of some of those games or like how did you feel actually playing Star Fox
3: to me uh the most interesting parts were like the end of the level when you'd be fighting the uh the enemy leader yeah uh uh you know there were there were some points where I was like all right this is getting a little repetitive <laughs> because I was just like mashing the uh the barrel roll and shooting and <laughs> yeah trying <laughs> try not to run into things i ran into things a lot when yeah
0: (laughs) i when we started playing together like seeing seeing you start playing reminded me of when like connor and i were playing months prior passing it back and forth and i just like at first could not do it you know and so i was just like getting like I, almost dying right away and i was like oh what what you know what am i supposed to do <laughs> i
3: kept like wanting to move out of the way of things instead of like you know tilting you know yeah uh, the r-wing
0: tilting and barrel rolling and it's there is a lot of like subtleties to the game that like for sure imagine how they, hard
2: it was for gamers in 1993 who had never seen <laughs> polygons like that before
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean a right.
2: big thing about this game too that you kind of can't uh, avoid talking about is it was really a big tech demo, too. It was, you know, Nintendo yeah. trying to show <laughs> off 3D uh, you know, assets in this in oh, a, yeah. a Super Nintendo. And, uh, I mean, I think one of the most interesting parts about the Super Nintendo, too, is the, de- the story of that development is so interesting, I think, with you know, one of the major programmers, Dylan Cuthbert, was 18 when Nintendo brought him on. And they brought him on because... Yes. His- company was working on game boy games actually unofficially they were able to because they didn't think they weren't a big enough company that they thought nintendo would give them a development kit so they were able to circumvent um ways around it i think the way they tricked it was to get rid of the you know when the logo comes down on the game boy if you take that part out they're able to mess with the ROMs somehow Mm, but um, okay so so uh, they were so impressed by them having 3D assets. If you guys are familiar with the game X, that was, yes, came out a year X. before Star Fox. And that was like the prototype, really. And it was being made kind of unofficially. Nintendo brings them on board. They're like, hey, why don't you guys, we'll release this game for real. And, of course, it was Nintendo's idea to call it X, which is one of their every time they're working with other developers they give them like <laughs> terrible ideas i mean actually it's gotta be the worst name for a video game of all time but it's a good name for a website at uh, least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh he was 18 years old and they bring him on he's working with shigeru miyamoto to work on this new property i mean crazy, i think yeah. it, it, you know it's, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine now that they would do something like that some superstar programmer that they bring out there you know that's a teenager
0: yeah x ex- i i i was i actually watched uh like an interview with dylan Cuth- cuthbert where they were like playing it and interviewing him about it and it it, it looks so amazing like what they
2: it's what they still pull really off impressive for a boy. game boy game yeah
0: yeah and like you, actually like there's a lot of dna in it for Star Fox. like yeah, they clearly sure. like took took things from it and that's that's kind of cool across like ev- within that and the Star Fox game of like them kind of keep remixing ideas in the games and like things they wanted to do to like right because I mean that's ultimately you know. what
2: happens I mean you don't want to get too far ahead but that's ultimately what happens with Star Fox 64 when Star Fox 2 gets scrapped too a lot of
0: the ideas and the DNA yeah, in Star Fox but 64 it still lied. is different it's like each one has its own kind of unique thing yeah, yeah
1: I I think that's the the uh, not to not to go too far ahead but also to bring it back. <laughs> The thing that's the most interesting about Star Fox 64 is how it is another run at Star Fox 1 and 2. And that's not something Nintendo normally does. Like, Nintendo's very... if, if Nintendo's, like, ethos has always been, like, if we don't have a good idea for something, we're not going to do it. Read why we don't have another F-Zero game. But Star mm-hmm. Fox 64 was like, hey, we have a... a but load more horsepower. Let's do another Star Fox 1, add in what we scrapped from 2 and like we can do this again and it'll be crazy. Cuz Star Fox all the things like almost all the things you think of in Star Fox 64, they're there in Star Fox 1. Like boosting and braking, which is insane to think about that you have ways to adjust your your movement on the rail in the snes version it's it's mm. so forward thinking and it's incredible that they were able to pull that off the game yeah. maybe runs at 17 frames per second when you do it <laughs> but like it's there and it's working and it's working as intended
2: well and yeah that's why i think it was justified for the nintendo 64 to remake it because i think they were in some ways i mean they were so ahead of the curve but uh also that's also kind of what killed Star Fox is that now they just keep remaking the same they just keep making that it, first game
1: endlessly. Yeah, so. they always make yeah. the first game and then like, We got Waggle or Motion Controls or
0: the Tablet or something and I'm like, what you guys are chasing the I, same, yeah. same thing? And like <laughs> I did play that one on the Wii U and I couldn't even I couldn't finish it. Was that it Star was Fox like, zero, was it? Yeah. No, where you like you had cockpit view on the gamepad, the Wii U gamepad, and then like non cockpit view on the screen but like you could not aim good enough if you weren't looking at cockpit view but you like couldn't see what you were doing if you weren't looking at the screen and And it it was like it did not i was like just put a reticule on the screen please (laughs) like just make it so i could look in the cockpit if i want but that's that's neither here nor but maybe other people didn't struggle with it like i did it's only here I, or
1: there because in Star Fox one there was no freaking reticule
0: yeah that's true that's true and the, and i did i did honestly with the sometimes like it's super impressive it looks amazing i think it's like such a cool game visually both both of these are yeah uh but it, there are times where it's a little hard to tell what's going on and then yeah the frame rate um it is a little tough sometimes and that that made it hard like especially first getting into it to sort of like um start getting like decent at it but i did that was like a thing that it was it was like a minor like like adjust like i almost had like i guess i i hadn't like i i picked up on sort of like the vibe of the game the the like feel of it you know and i and i the frame rate and stuff like that it becomes less of a yeah, you know, I mean, used to acc- more used. You to it. acclimate to 17
1: frames per second pretty fast. <laughs> There's some. I think the only things that like actually still bring Star Fox One down is, uh, barrel rolling is really gummy for some reason. Like it can it, be. yeah. It is hard to get like a, a a right right or a left left to fire off a barrel roll for some strange reason. And then like the idea of perspective is not always easy to parse and so you go to like dodge something or pick something up and you're not really there and it's kind of hard to figure that out but like yeah other than those two things that game is way playable like that game was is way better than it should be
0: yeah it feels really good to play i think still like despite what i was just saying like like now like and it didn't take me. Long. I haven't been playing this game for a very long time, and now it's like it feels good to play. Like it's a, like you know, once, it, when you put your feet into a cold pool, and you're going yeah, go to yeah, and you're like, oh, it's
1: cold, <laughs> but then like five minutes later, you're like, oh, I don't even
0: notice anymore. So you, met, you, you mentioned the the backstory of it a little bit with the development, counter, but then also when. It, it came to this so then when they're developing it like they had this whole thing they're advertising it all over it's great advertisement that super fx chip uh that they had to have to make it run but that's legit like it, the the game and they had to put this in each cartridge which i think i don't know i don't know much about yeah. the tech side of games but even it was the most expensive game ever
2: created at that point yeah
0: and i mean were they this is kind of a side thing where, like, were they like, chart they're charging regular retail price for it, right? Like, I right? believe so. That,
2: I think that's part of why it was so expensive for them. That's
0: yeah, that's what's kind of crazy to me because, like, now I think of um, we haven't gotten to you know the expansion pack or whatever on the N64, but like, Donkey Kong 64 that cost yeah, a fortune to have to bundle oh, that. Yeah, and... I remember like having to buy that separately for some I don't remember if I got that or if I got Majora's Mask first that also required or Perfect Dark I had too Um, but like it was like kind of rough like I guess I wasn't fully buying my own games at that time but it was was still kind of like oof we gotta get this whole other like we don't even know what this is but the fact that like they just had to put one of these you know in every cartridge and probably sell for the same I think that's oh that's kind of impressive (laughs) but it did like yeah the game has a really cool uh vibe uh, and like art style to it you mentioned like the bosses i think the boss like like they came up with a lot of like really creative stuff in in the look of everything but in the bosses and in particular of like i don't know making them look really cool when they have like they're kind of like very simplistic polygonal shapes they have limited resources.
1: Yeah, they did a lot with only being able to have flat colored polygons.
0: Yeah, like every, um, I don't know, every like screenshot or anything of the game looks like just like a really cool abstract <laughs> abstract painting, you know. Speaking of artwork, I had
1: the poster from the Nintendo Power that was promoting... Star Fox because Star Fox 1 was promoted with them as, like, almost puppets, anthropomorphic Star Fox and Animal Friends. So they were, like... There was, like, a a tactile, like, fur to them. They were... I I think they did... I don't know if they did, but I assume they did, like, actual mock-ups of, like...
2: It's on the cover of the... That was on the box of the game, too.
1: Yeah, and so, like, the the Nintendo Power poster was a a full fold-out version of that with Fox and the rest of the crew... it is something that is kind of lost when we get to 64 because they have the polygons to represent that but it was really cool to have that like 80s kids movie kind of Dark crystal Jim Henson looking mm. Star Fox crew.
2: I think it's really an allusion to I know we were talking about Thunderbirds the other day. I think that's yes, the actual that was, uh, Miyamoto uh, has referenced Thunderbirds as being a huge influence on this game, especially the way that even even in the game, the way they move their the ba 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 kind of yeah. deal. You know, they they look like puppets in that makes the game perfect, too. That makes,
1: like, but but yeah, that crazy. promotional
2: yeah, that promotional campaign, I think that's what they were going for it. it's awesome they did bring the puppets back a little bit later at some point for some commercials but yeah like for, it might have been uh, the zero
0: star Fox zero commercials they might have brought those in or they were new puppets yeah. but yeah they they really made they were they don't look as
2: good as the older ones in my opinion actually but.
0: that's that is what gives it such a like standout style and i think that's, like, Nintendo has certain games where they they do that, and it it reminds me of um, you mentioned, like, kind of the like, it having this sort of, like handmade quality or, like, you could see the actual fur on it like, it it reminds me of some some other Nintendo games where they, they kind of pick an art style like that, like, uh, even in, like, that Link's Awakening remake, they made the characters look like these little figures or, um I don't know, even like some of those like uh you know, like the Yoshi like the, games the, or whatever.
1: Yeah, so say the Wii Wii U like epic yarn Woolly
0: World. Yeah, or and like you game. see like the Yeah, they make they give it this like realistic texture of of something that's I don't know.
2: Corn is a real place. You can
0: visit it and there are a bunch of
2: furries just <laughs> walking
0: around. Midwest Furfest. this corn area? <laughs> Let's go. The Thunderbirds. we did actually we watched a little bit of it too that that game mm-hmm. and i could that has that same thing where like i was i was watching it and i'm I like looking at all the details of like the sets and like the the models they use in that and stuff and it and i i could totally see like that why that's um you know like nintendo does come in and like give they can give games like dumb names or whatever but there are certain like times where they really nail like Specific like aesthetics they're going for, like type of experience they're going for. Like, they're it's so, it was so. Pristine. I mean, yeah, they
2: did come up with Slippy Toad, who's one of the greatest characters in all Oh, the sure, games, That so. was my
0: main in Star true, two. and Star Fox, too. Soul of the Star Fox <laughs> team. Uh, with let's Star Fox one, any anything else? Oh, the the music is also really awesome gotta give a shout out to the music in that mm-hmm. the the corneria theme is iconic for sure i'm yeah. getting
3: stuck on my head all the time i'm humming it all the time
0: yeah the music is so good i almost always forget about that
2: too because it's such an awesome game but yeah the music is undeniable Wait, for who sure.
3: did i
0: who did the music for the snes Star Fox? do we do we know that i should have actually
1: i i can tell connor's clicking up so i almost want to mention my one thing about the music in Star Fox in general is um like the first level of that game gives a certain like anime macross Oh vibe. yeah. That when you have that cuz like normally when we think of Star Fox we think of it as interplanetary space fighters they always leave uh whatever the mothership's is called mm-hmm. The Great Fox I think it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um
0: like, the Great Fox. The, the
1: first level of Star Fox when when they when they fire out from underground and you see the the wireframe of them flying out, oh yeah, like that's big, like Macross, you know, or Robotech mecha vibes, it paired perfectly with the Corneria theme. Like it, it it's very striking to me how how anime that kind of sounds. And then it, after that, it like it gets more militaristic theme. Like I hear more military march in the soundtrack. But like that first opening bit, it does give off that that excitement that is why mecca is so beloved
0: yeah and they they take that uh further they give you one they give you a mech in the next one but uh <laughs> yeah yeah just to go off of what you're saying too like just to flying around like we already kind of talked about the aesthetic having this kind of cool abstract it's almost like yeah it's this abstract feeling but like flying around corneria itself does kind of give it that vibe too it's like this this like like very i guess yeah like that vibe you're exactly that you're talking about and it's like like a very 90s sort of take mm. on it i feel like too i think maybe maybe just because the game looks exactly like a game from the early 90s but yeah i love i love that the comp- the composer uh for this game i don't know if i'm familiar ha- hajime hirosawa I don't, I don't, unfamiliar. As far as okay, I, I I did want to say, because I, I know like Star Fox 64, like Koji Kondo had a, like was, I think the main composer. In they
1: it. Brought in the big guns. Yeah,
0: but, but there are some pretty, like, there's some really awesome songs in this. I, I just wanted to again, mention like taking the different routes gives you very unique, um, very unique settings uh, and bosses and stuff like that. I love how, you know, you go one way and, you're going to be in, like, an ice level that you wouldn't get in the other way. And there's all these... There's different secrets and stuff like that. I never pulled off any of the, like, secret paths, but I always thought that was pretty cool. I always appreciate that. Like, maybe... When I, you know, this is my initial playthrough of the game. Maybe I'm, am gonna play it more. You know, maybe I'll dive into that stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a game that really demands re- replays. It's a very replayable
0: game for sure. Any final words on Star Fox itself?
1: Yeah, Andross is the easy final boss. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, dude, that dude's a chump. Any the the, the like the, the
1: Spider Walker before him yeah. was way harder. <laughs> yeah, McKenna knows. McKenna knows. Real, real, recognize real. I know McKenna's out there struggling with the Spider Walker, and then she gets to Andros, and she's like, "Man, it's fucking oh, clown yeah. hour. I got this."
0: <laughs> that you you reminded me of something. There are a couple like enemies slash bosses and stuff where, um, like I, I don't initially. I think I die a lot too because I like, and this is true across a lot of games where I'm like, I'm not sure what the thing to do to them is, even yeah. upon studying them. There's a couple where I'm like, I'm not sure is like shooting this, like hurting it, you know what I mean? Like
1: the, the spider, that's walker the one that in really... particular is the one where it's like, what am I actually doing here? Like I can kind of parse it out and then like that also kind of feeds back into the perspective of the game is not the easiest to tell where you are in the relation to the enemy, because sometimes it'll like spin attack high or spin attack low, and it's not. It's not great trying to figure out if it's going high or yeah. low. Uh, but you know that's it's you can also still chalk that up to it, it's incredibly impressive they made this in the first place
0: yeah it's so impressive i'm trying to, like there's like they have i think the vo- just even the voices and, and stuff is also really cool oh,
1: the voice samples they have for the snes are like crystal clear that uh, yeah like,
0: it sounds really good
1: it, it, uh, it's unbelievable that they got the little voice clips to sound that like that hearable is what I want to say and, and for some reason I want to think that this like you know the voice clips should sound like they're coming out of the, the backside of a Apple II or something but like you can hear everyone say a thing in the SNES game and I'm like man does the SNES really have that? Holy shit
2: I think what was also really cool about it was that they had unique voice clips for each member of the Star Fox team that really kind of give you a sense of their personality and match the animal that they were mm-hmm. with you know it was all w-
0: well designed Mm -hmm. The team itself is just a cool, like, aspect of the game. Like, the, you know, like, they, they kind of, it is cool. They're able to get across, like, these different personalities. And, yeah, they match the animal and... You you get a real sense of the characters, even though, like, there's really not much dialogue really with them, you know?
2: You got the grizzled vet, you got the rebel, they fit all the archetypes, and so that's
0: how they're able to do so much with so little. I, I do like, I do just, in like, what do you think about, like, this the Star Fox world? There's not really much, like, lore going on, mm-hmm. but I do think it's pretty cool.
3: I did think it was cool to, like, finally see these characters that I've mostly heard about as, like, the Majora's Mask Easter egg where they have the like mm-hmm. star fox oh yeah they do masks. there's a mask for oh, yeah, each animal masks yeah
1: i'm <laughs> yeah,
2: so like them,
3: oh yeah. now i can like place a mask to a character <laughs>
0: yeah they this this one like with them there yeah most of the dialogue is like it's just like they all kind of say the same thing to you but they say it in a different way and i think that's that's cool how they pull that off
1: yeah it's just it's it's a simple way of showing their personality and it works that's all i can and they
0: definitely keep that going throughout the series (laughs) now let's talk about Something that never came out, so I don't have a flashback. I considered like flashing back to like whatever 2017 or whatever, when, <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I didn't bother. Uh-huh. Uh, um, uh, cute, cute idea though. I like. I like the. I like the. Pitch. But the game. Well, let's let's first kinda will of, uh, set the stage for Star Fox Two.
3: Star Fox Two is the canceled sequel to Star Fox, which was eventually released in 2017 on the SNES Classic. The game plays similarly to the original Star Fox, but with new game modes and elements, as well as the ability to choose between six playable characters. Instead of proceeding through a linear set of levels, you can move freely on the map screen toward planets and enemy ships. You'll have to keep a close eye on enemy ships and missiles because they move when you do. The Star Fox team will need to manage their time spent reclaiming occupied territory and protecting Corneria from incoming attacks. While the game retains some on rails segments like its predecessor, it also adds sections where you can fly around freely. Fight against Andross and the Star Wolf team to once again save the Lilat system.
0: Yeah, so it's. It's kind of surprising. Like it's it it there are it's like in a way very similar, but it's also like a huge departure from the last game. Yeah. Like yeah, it it playing two
1: like once you finally sit down and play two because it, it, you McKenna said it came out in 2017. That's when it officially came out. That's when it was like officially recognized as out as part of the SNES classic. Which by the way, what a crazy little piece of technology that thing's. I know. Awesome. I wish I had And one. the fact they threw the the. the star fox 2 on there yeah, it's one of my favorite little nintendo releases i love that thing but the rom for star fox 2 has been out previous to that so it has been playable but that was the first official time and playing star fox 2 it's very funny how like it completely fills the gap between star fox 1 and star fox 64 because once you play 2 you're like oh Here's everything that they took from two that they added on top of one, and that that's what gets you Star Fox 64. Like Star Fox 64, maybe this is a, a a mean thing to say to it, but like Star Fox 64 doesn't really have new ideas. It is just taking Star Fox one and strapping on some of the cooler ideas from Star Fox two, and then making that game and. In real three D this time, yeah, and that's that's fine.
0: All that's all they needed, at that time. But that like, is kind of all they need.
2: Yeah. But it's kind of sad too because they sacked the entire development team of Star Fox Two. They did not collaborate with Argonaut Studios. The, a lot of the developers who helped make Star Fox Two when they made Star Fox Sixty Four. They kind of stole a lot of it, the ideas yeah. and to, and got credit for it because they. I mean, I don't think that was the intention. Yeah. Obviously, they were embarrassed with like the. PlayStation coming out and everything, and they didn't want uh, to put out a 3D game that looked like that. I think that was really the motivator behind it. But even still, it's like now the Star, which I I do think Star Fox 64 is probably a better game than uh, Star Fox 2. They were working with different technology, but yeah, that they get a lot of the credit that the people who made Star Fox 2 really deserved. And yeah, I, I had played. I was really excited when the it got the official release i had played the rom before as well but they even say that it was not the roms that were leaked online were not the same build like this is the this is the furthest build that they had they said it was about 90 percent. they had gotten rid of a few bugs here and there but i think even the development team has said that they were glad that the game finally got to see the light of day officially you know even if it came a few years too late
0: yeah i think um that that is wild though that it it was so far into development and and as we can see it's it's a great game um and it makes sense you know when you look at the context um like uh jay we talked in the last main episode about like companies trying to navigate the transition into 3d and like some of the Mm -hmm. business moves they made we talked about how uh, they midway made war gods to burn a 3D fighting game for their three. Yeah, because they didn't want they didn't want to they didn't want to blow that on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> they want to They want to, you know, put put
1: a lamb out to slaughter before they they throw their golden goose out in the third. Dimension. And for
0: Nintendo, and, it's like, yeah, yeah oh, I, man, this is going to look agree. weird.
1: <laughs> I like because as as I'm playing Star Fox 2, I'm like, I could see why they shelved this. Like it's a it's a really good game, but like I could see the the reason why you might shelve this. Yeah, yeah. Like you might you might just not be happy with the way this thing f- finishes out, especially in the context of how Star Fox One was.
0: But it didn't really take much longer for Star Fox sixty four to come. Like they were gonna release it maybe in nineteen ninety five, and then it's two year two years later, and we get Star Fox sixty four. I mean, I guess that is kind of a long time. But relatively speaking, like, I don't know, the gap between like A Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time or whatever is not too dissimilar.
1: What kids what kids these days don't understand is that if you were playing video games in the 90s to about 2005, time moved differently. Yeah. Time moved way differently. Yeah. Nowadays, we wait. Nowadays, a game comes out after like eight years of development. Back then, the banginest game to this day that you've ever played was in development for, like, eight months, and then that shit went out the door. Yeah,
0: that was something I really discovered when we were covering Doom and reading about how, like, id Software was making a game a month or something like that. It's...
2: Well, they had smaller teams yeah. and smaller That's development it. budgets. I mean, the budgets now are just out of control. That's a <laughs> big
0: reason for it. Yeah, for sure. What, what, what was your... Like, how did you feel about playing Star Fox 2? I mean, you, we were doing these for you as like back to back, like two, two games you never even played ever.
3: Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, I, I love the like partial real time aspect to it.
0: That's, that's wild too. Um,
3: yeah.
2: Which is missed in Star Fox 64 as well. I think that's like a cool, yeah. There is like that
0: RTS kind of thing going on. It
1: is, it is an RTS game. Yeah. Like, In a a very weird sense, it is an RTS, Um,
0: and that's that's something. uh, So you know, they they did not release this, but Dylan Cuthbert did go on to found a studio that worked with Nintendo and did make um, some other Star Fox games and uh, Star Fox Command they did, which I've never played, but apparently it incorporates that element because it's something he really thought was cool, and I thought I did think that's cool. Like he says, that's still his favorite Star Fox game you got to bring it back
2: uh, years later he actually yeah. got to
0: i don't know if you knew this uh, i found out about this in the research but he got to do a an x game for the ds for ds Wear, like one of their oh no yeah
2: I, that's so cool it, it
0: was like basically like a touchscreen, like sort of re, remake of x but it's like more modern and it's again like leaning into like the abstract look of it it looked pretty neat but that's so cool um yeah What. Well, like how else did you feel about playing it? You like the RTS? Like there was the, what did you think about like the more the all range mode compared
3: to the on rails mode? Um, I do like the the all range mode. It feels a little more uh, natural to me, I guess. If you run into um, something,
0: it feels like more your fault, I guess. Yeah, because you're not like kind of <laughs> I'm being like, oh, before. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I don't think I got, quite got the hang of it as much as Star Fox, but yeah. I probably played Star Fox a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um definitely want to play Star Fox 2 some more. Uh I, did, I think it looks really good.
0: They they it took looks, the style and like shined it up even more. Like
3: I'm playing, I'm like wow, well, it's beautiful. Way better.
0: <laughs> frame rates yeah. better. The frame rate makes a huge
2: difference. Oh, big time. Um, I think they said the all-range mode stuff in Star Fox Two is actually a big influence on what became Super Mario sixty-four to bring it back to the Nintendo mm, sixty-four again. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they, I I believe like Miyamoto was like all in on this, like he was super stoked on not on this game in particular, but like you like in all the interviews or, or like whatever like retrospectives I was reading, it was like oh he was he was super he was like we gotta make a Mario game out of this. <laughs> yeah,
1: it it does feel like the all range stuff that happens in Star Fox Two is maybe what they really wanted in Star Fox One. They couldn't get there all the mm. way because like once you, and and I, I like Star Fox One because the, the the thing that we we haven't really mentioned is like Star Fox One you see you see your ship like you would in Star Fox sixty four and Star Fox Two when you're dogfighting out in space. It's just a, a screen with the reticule on it. You actually don't see your your R wing, and you can't you can't back out the way you could in Star Fox One, and to just see the ship, it's all first person. And I I personally don't care for that as much mm-hmm. for the dogfights, but like it draws a direct line, and I have to walk away from the mic to go find the game that I have to reference. <laughs> Star Lancer. Star Lancer. Yeah, so Star Lancer for the Dreamcast. Uh, it's a it's a space dogfighting game. Uh, it's one of the ones I own. I liked it growing up, and you know it's a first person space shooter, and it is exactly the same type of thing that Star Fox Two was. like wow. it's exactly the same type of game. So I don't know what the PC era was doing when it comes to their like space sims, because I know there were some. Some, like space dogfighting sims, but like what Star Fox 2 was able to pull off on the SNES is a genre of game that would continue for a quite a while because people like space dogfighters. And if you like space dogfighters, like it's still
0: a really good one. That's that's why you say that because I think even in learning about Dylan Cuthbert, I think he went to work at argonaut because he wanted to learn how to make 3d games and he was inspired by one of their games which uh, i feel bad i can't remember but it also it was named like star something so <laughs> i like the the continu- continuing influence of i guess you know after star wars it's like really easy to name your thing star something <laughs> and it sounds sweet we talked about like the different paths in the original game but this has like different difficulty levels Um, but even within its own difficulty level, like I just played the game and beat it again today, I think just on easy again. And the way it it all played out and everything was way different than like the last time I played it. Like, I think having that RTS element and like things, like things can slightly change depending on what you do, like does give, like, I actually did worse, I think playing it again this time. And like. I was like, how could this happen? You know, the other time I played it, like no missiles ever hit, hit Corneria or whatever. I was, I was perfectly fine on easy or whatever. But then this time, like, I think I went after the wrong ship or something happened. And all of a sudden, like I got into a a tight, you know, not that big of a bind, but like kind of a tight spot. And so I thought that was really cool that like, even replaying like the same difficulty levels kind of can actually give you like a totally different, set of uh, or outcome I guess you could say
1: yeah yeah that that they feel like they added more replayability on the two and I like the way difficulty works in that game maybe a little better because I think easy mode in in Star Fox 2 is like you can more or less like predict like okay I've got a couple missiles You'll get a heads up that the carrier is going to attack that's fine when you play it on a more on a higher difficulty there's a lot more like rts yeah oh it's stuff going on got you're like tough. i gotta i gotta juggle trying to you know intercept these missiles i gotta go take care of these carriers and i think that works more to the game because i, I mentioned this like i could see why maybe they shelved it when you're playing Star Fox Two for the Star Fox Two stuff, it's not as exciting as the detailed rail shooter parts of star Fox One, yeah, like once once you once you like that, when yeah. you go to a planet, because like again, things star fox sixty four did when you go to a planet in star Fox two, you gotta like, all range mode for a little bit to kind of get some objectives and then you go into a building and you blow up something well once you've done that once like that's the only thing you're doing for the rest of the planets yeah. they're all very the minor and they are much they're, they're different cool there's yeah there's some cool variations on it and it's also incredibly impressive that they pulled it off but like they don't fundamentally change so like all the levels are I'm going to fly around. I'm going to get on the, and we haven't even talked about this yet. You do the the land. Oh, I, I love that. Turn your it, it, it feels like that's the way to play the game. You going in indoors in the buildings and flying the R wing is a nightmare. You need to use the land master. <laughs> yeah. But like every level is press two switches with the land master, go in the building, take out a mini boss, take out the boss. And there's not a whole lot of variation to that which is kind of a bummer, and to me that's like, ooh, this kind of drags down Star Fox 2 a little bit because it's a lot of similar repetition where Star Fox 1 was like, every level's pretty damn exciting.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, same thing of like, oh, you got to take down these missiles. Um, You know, th- those those kind of have, like, they they do get a little repetitive. I guess you don't have to do too many of them, but... And it, it, I think some of that unpredictable element of like when the missiles are coming is pretty fun. But I get what you're saying. It feels like in Star Fox sixty four they took like the best elements of both maybe and kind of combined them. Yeah. But to to each game's own credit, I also do think of the three the first three Star Fox games. Like each one has something about it that like like stands as like something unique that is great. That like the other games like don't totally have it's sometimes it's minor, but when I'm playing star Fox two, one thing I do love is like, even though it's not that like it's, you're usually one or the other. I love in those levels where you go, like you can be flying and then you turn into like sort of the, the tank thing running around. And that's something that, you know, when you're playing um, star Fox 64, you know you get like a tank level or submarine level which are really cool but like there i i almost like i almost have a desire after playing Star Fox 2 for another game where like the whole game is just you're flying around and you you're switching from the land master to ship and like whenever you want and like they build the game around that like it's something that mm-hmm. like yeah those levels are a little repetitive but i I almost want to see like I almost want to see that sort of gameplay like built out more because that's something that it's I don't know that that really carries the game for me like and makes those sections really fun. I love that. It's like, okay time to go, you know, tank mode (laughs) and run around now. Oh, I need to like get over there. It's something unique. Yeah, like turning into the ship to fly and then turning into the tank to land on a switch. I don't know it's cool. Say go. I'm sorry. I think I might have to split. Connor, it was great to have you. So yes, I was happy to do it. Thanks for letting me gab about the game. All right. Well, now that he's gone, we can really get into it. <laughs> now he's gone. Yeah. Love you, Connor. Love you, Connor.
3: <laughs> I had a thought, and I totally oh, forgot what it was. Uh, we didn't talk about. You can. Uh, you don't just have to play as uh, Fox anymore. You got different.
1: Not oh, I McKenna mean, kind of bringing in the important <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh gosh, here. I thought you about got, that. You got
3: yeah. characters with different. Uh, spacecrafts, you know, they have different, they have different stats, so, uh, you know, if you want, if you want a higher shield, you can pick, uh, you know, your your frog. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I, I go for the ones where you get the, the shield replenishment because I'm not confident in my abilities, you know? That's,
3: yeah, that's what Mm. I did, but I wanted to play, they have two new, two totally new characters, um, yeah, what were
0: their names? I don't even so remember. Me, Mi- Meu, Meu, Mi- and Fran or Fran. Okay,
1: that's a little like I, I, I over because we're all Midwesterners here. We can we can speak freely. I, uh, I did radio for a number of years, and I unlearned my my Midwestern accent. So you do pronounce it Fran with like a Midwestern A, and my brain's like, don't do a Midwestern A. It's Fran. And I'm like, no, it's actually not Fran. Fran. It's Fran. <laughs> hey, Fran. <laughs> and but like that's that's the midwestern accent and i i viciously unlearned that when i started doing broadcasting
0: yeah no it's still with me for sure
3: <laughs> well uh, i'm not a real midwestern you're not
0: yeah. <laughs> you're in a coastal oh elite oh my god not one of us <laughs> uh
1: coastal elite <laughs> don't you dare have me back on i thought i was among
0: friends <laughs> here we kind of learning to love the midwest though yeah <laughs> Except the winter.
3: Um actually there there the are some uh, there are some things about winter that are better here.
0: Okay. okay, yeah, for sure. With those characters, it is a little bit of a letdown because they don't have fu- they don't have funny names like everyone else. That, that kind of ticks me off. Like Slippy Toad is a fun name. Uh Peppy Hair yeah, I don't
3: do they have last names? Do
1: they have last names? Is it is
0: what it a... Mayu? Mayu
3: kitsune
1: and then like fran Sharpe poodle <laughs> i don't think
3: i saw Fran's the manual like some, some, you know. i don't remember
1: yeah i, I, I Fran's some sort of like you know luxury french dog so i don't know what their last names would be but but you you do bring up something where like there's not as much personality in in Star Fox 2
0: yeah yeah there's there there, there are though i think through the gameplay there's there are some pretty cool moments um, where like just I think it's more I guess a emergent gameplay you could say but yeah. like for one just like when you're taking out ships and then all of a sudden they're like oh the carrier is going to hit them with the planet blaster or whatever and you're like oh no but then also when you know you beat a couple things and Andross is like alright well I've got to send the big guns out at you or like I love the little moments when you go into those dog fights where they do the little bring when they like fly on the screen like those are those are little like kind of cinematic moments and like those characters kind of add to it but yeah mm-hmm. like the characters themselves like they don't have they, they don't have as much character I guess you could say some yeah. of the voice clips because in the end
1: you're not, you're not you're not dogfighting fighting with the rest of your team you're picking two characters and you're switching between them depending on how damaged or not damaged or playstyle you want to have yeah so it's not like you're fighting with them and they're like oh get this guy off me oh you know what are you doing fox you know like they're not quipping with you they're just kind of your backup for when you finish a mission and you're really damaged and you can't make it back to the Great Fox for healing. It's kind of a cool so way they, to do the life system, more though, role. Like mm-hmm. it is really cool. And uh, like it is interesting to have different types of R wings. One's built for defense. Yeah, the designs are for, cool like, Speed yeah. attack. And it's I don't even know if we ever get R wings that aren't blue because the way it works for for Star Fox two is like there's three different types of ships there's six characters so there's a red r-wing as well you get your regular blue r-wing for some characters and some characters have like red r-wings i'm like whoa does does that even come back like but because by the time you get 64 like the r-wing is canonized as having like a gray and blue color scheme to it so going back to Star Fox 2 and being like oh shit these things could be these things be red like gray and red R wings like it's really it's it's so interesting looking back and on on one of the more iconic nintendo designs and being like whoa there's a there's a different color for them
0: yeah i i guess it makes sense like to make them more recognizable when you're actually like trying to shoot or save them or like not shoot them and save them in 64 but yeah like the cool like those designs do Stick out is like way cooler, and that that just made me think too about just some of the like, some of the like, uh, I don't know what's the right word like the UI design of like the or like the menus, you know, like those just have a really cool like futuristic vibe to it too in both the games. <laughs> I wanted to actually second your thought that you said way in the beginning too is that in, in both of these games, all the games really uh gets more unique, I guess in sixty four, but Andross is like a pretty simple he is a pretty simple boss it's pretty it's kind of Very fun but boss. yeah it's not the most exciting yeah, of right. all the bosses in the game I, I did want to open the floor if there was anything else you wanted to say about Star Fox 64 because that's that's the reason why we're okay. here I'm, and I know
1: I, yeah I'm not on this, I'm not on the 64 episode which is fine so I'll just get my my one prevailing thought about 64 out of the way sure which is I am terrified by some of the things that happen in Star Fox 64 okay. because it plays with it plays with scale on a way that is like really like ripping in a scary sense for me like we talk about andros being a bit of a jobber and that's fine when you are in the last stage of venom and you're shooting down the tube and you get to the green like acid infinite stage that has no no tangibility you're just in nothingness and Andross's 3D polygon face oh, yeah Takes up the entire screen And he laughs at you And you feel like you're Nothing but a a, a, a gnat Compared to the size of Andros. I'm like Jesus Christ It's so It's so scary Like that That relationship of scale And there's a lot of that That goes on in Star Fox 64 Cause like When you're in the wa- I can't remember Half the names of the levels So forgive me But like When you're the The Arwing sub Sub marine Mm -hmm. and you're in the underwater world everything is so much bigger than you and it's so dark and you can't see what's going on and like you just don't know what's what's there wow yeah and more than anything else it's the the hidden warp from sector y i think it is or the android belt it feels like you are transcending space time in a horrifically trippy way what happens there i don't know if i've
0: experienced that one i've done i've tried to hit a bunch of them but
1: i'm i'm gonna vamp for a bit while i try to look it up (laughs) um because it's it's one of the it's one of the warps where it's so yeah it's the sector x warp route and i'm about to drop it in the chat so you can you start going through the warp zone and the sense of scale becomes, like, impenetrable. You're flying directly into, like, a, a a blinding supernova as everything around you is so much larger than the R-Wing. And it's it's a, a lot of that stuff in Star Fox D4 just, like, it terrifies me. Like, the sense of scale is is overwhelming. Oh, I like it. And
0: yeah.
1: I, I, the the fact that they did all this on the S64, again, like, oh. we've been talking about Star Fox <laughs> d amazing game absolutely amazing mm-hmm. game but like wow were they and i'm I'm watching the footage back right now like the enemies within the warp zone they're all tv static it just it's so alien and disturbing and yeah trippy oh my and gosh none
0: of it feels real i've not seen this and, stage no it's this is wild <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's crazy man it's crazy so there's star fox 64 is unbelievable game just absolutely unbelievable game there's a reason why they just they could never they could never top it you know
0: yeah it it is like it's interesting cuz it, it it feels like um the step with with like the the game is like they they make it like it's it's the easiest one so far i think like to get into mm-hmm. and that that's due to like the way they implement difficulty in that one is so unique compared to the rest but like being able to being able to do that like having the difficulty almost adjust to how you play the game is really clever. But then also using that same way of progressing through the game by doing certain things or doing well or not as well in certain levels, but also adding in stuff like this the secrets just really makes it. it it's like, I guess that adds to kind of how it's scary too, just in that, like, you don't really, you're, when you start you just see the map of that game and it doesn't say like here's route one here's route two here's route three and that always kind of intimidated me when i was younger and i like tried the game out because i'm like Hmm. i was like how do i how do i go to these other planets and stuff (laughs) like just in that it's like you just find out no you just got to start playing and figure it out that was always crazy like not to just like be my eight like i'm (laughs)
1: Hey, tomorrow I'm dyeing my hair because my wife wants me to and there's going to be a whole lot of grays they are getting covered up man it's going to be great uh, like, <laughs> I'm dyeing my hair like black blue so it's not going to oh. look very different it's just the grays are going to be gone Um, but like if you if you weren't there for the, the change between 2D and 3D like you you can't conceptualize you can't conceptualize how how 3d felt limitless in a way that it wasn't mm. like nowadays if, if, if a warp zone like this was done nowadays there would be so much more fidelity to make it feel like a real place whereas in Star Fox 64 when you go to a new planet like you don't know what it's gonna be because it's so new like the idea of being in a third dimension in that place is so new and you get you get planets that are so so empty in very alien and disturbing ways Mm. like the magma level it's just waves and tidal waves and columns of like volatile magma and that's unsettling like that's that's not a comfortable (laughs) feeling to fly around like to fly it and to have that be like a, a third dimension thing. Right. And they don't have the, they don't have the, they don't have the technology to make that feel fully realized. So there's a, there's a bit of like, this is all imperceivable in it's a strange reality Or not. Adds, it, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not like, it's not realistic yet. So there, there's this inability to grasp onto things. And instead when 75 years percent of your screen becomes a tidal wave of magma you're like shit what the what the
0: fuck yeah.
1: like this is this is uh, unsettling in ways i can't speak of and that they don't that that unsettling type of feeling that doesn't Continue on throughout time Because we can iterate on that better We can make that magma world feel more like a living thing We can make it feel like There was a reason for this to be a volatile magma world There could be all sorts of different fidelity That makes it feel like a more tangible place That you're in But like back in the N64 when 3D was new Another thing I'll describe for A future episode way down the years In Banjo-Kazooie, the second level of Banjo-Kazooie It's an island and there's a skybox That shows an ocean outside But like in 1998, you didn't know how far that skybox was. Oh yeah, like and you fly, you fly in that game, and so like there's a fear of like how far can I fly, <laughs> like how far can I, how far can I reasonably fly if I'm flying in the, around this island? Because you don't know, like the sense of scale and the 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 grasp of what a 3D render area is, isn't there yet, and that's what makes Star Fox 64 sometimes just terrifying, like space. In a a very strange way, space has never felt more infinite than it has in Star Fox 64. Space in Star Fox 64 feels like it could go on for a literal concept of infinity. (laughs) And like you take a game like Starfield for Bethesda, that game feels tight and controlled and confined. And you know where you're gonna go in that. Star Fox 64, you have no idea how far a thing goes it's crazy
0: yeah I think that that goes to like we talk about a lot of like the idea of like certain things like certain games like whether they hold up or we even talked about how this series evolved and like they they took things that worked from previous games and iterate iterated on them and improved them but uh like I think you know with certain new things like obviously comes like really awesome experiences but there even with each individual game like especially the ones that are like successful at like conveying whatever they're trying to convey is that like some of them have a very special like particular element to them that like is is lost amongst like the other games that's how i always feel about like we're big legend of zelda fans but i always think like while they like iterated and like, change and, like, enhance certain experiences. Like, there are certain, like, very, like, specific things conveyed in some, some of, like, the early games that, like, can almost never be replicated. And I think that has, a, you mentioned, like, the time. I think a lot of that has to do with also, like, being there and, and experiencing, like, Star Fox 64, like, a game like that at that time when you had previously not experienced games like it before. I think like that, some of those early 3d games of just being like, like you can't really like the scope, like the scope of them going from this to this is, was almost unimaginable, which is like a little, that's also a little less exciting now as time goes on, you know, as each new, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't there's, there, there will never be another shift like that. Yeah. It's just like, we,
1: there's no fourth dimension. Like, <laughs> I don't know how we ever we how everyone anyone ever captures that again. And a I'm meta just, game. I'm, you so know? Glad, I'm so glad I got to be there to experience that shift. Oh yeah.
0: And that's what that's what this show is like all about all about, for sure. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's exactly. Exactly. We're, we're
1: going we're not going back just to like talk about in 64 games, but like you have to like put yourself in that time and in that place and like any amount of context like gaming and gaming is just art and all art is context there's a reason why these things were so exciting and different and new and enthralling Mm. because there was a time when
0: this was ungraspable that sort of scariness you were talking about with andross i think some of those vibes like even start on the snes because like that does happen like like the the boss fights in those aren't particularly mm-hmm. difficult but it is crazy like you're in a lot of them you're in uh in the first one in the first Star Fox game you know you're flying through these tunnels and then you come out of a tube and you're in this weird like it's this yeah asset trip what is zone. this yeah. zone what is the space and then at the end of Star Fox 2 a similar type like acid trip zone and it's like wh- where are we fighting like what is happening it's it, it, it still it still hits a little
1: for when i'm playing Star Fox one and two like the the getting out out of the tube into andross being bigger than you by a lot in a trippy zone with no tangibility to it like it's still it still unnerves me like that lack of definition yeah or-
0: we still have another game to like really for you to like go into more and mm-hmm. talk about but what what what's your take what's your main takeaway from the sNES games
3: uh i I think uh it would be really cool if they made another star fox game and like but took more from maybe uh, these ones yeah you were uh, saying just before like recording. i yeah I was saying I was two. playing some star fox too, and I was like, I'd love to see another one with this like real time element that's like more like modernized uh I don't know i I really like that aspect of it.
0: that's how I feel too, like that, and also, like I said, that feeling of just like switching to your mech to your ship would be really cool. I'm sure there is a game where you do that, but
3: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I was want thinking star I gotta fox look in. a well, maybe look into some indie. Some indie games, games yeah.
0: <laughs> Going, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, I haven't gotten very far in it, but I would throw out uh, EX Zodiac. Okay. Is a, I I picked that up on Winter Steam Sale, and I played like the first level real quick. It's very much Sounds an SNES. It's good to be SNES
0: oh, Star Fox one. This looks cool. Okay. Oh wow. And. Hell yeah. So okay.
1: You. I, I can't I can't endorse it because I didn't really play it more than like you know looks ten minutes, cool, but. Though. Uh, <laughs> It's it's so obviously Star Fox One. It's trying it loves it's trying to be Star Fox One, it's not trying to hide it.
3: You are witnessing
1: a new technology.
2: The first and only game powered by the Super FX Microchip. Why go to the next level when you can go light years beyond? you are Fox McLeod in
3: Starbucks, only for the Super Nintendo entertainment system.
0: We got to say thanks again to Connor for coming on. Uh, <laughs> Thank Con- you, Connor. Coming in, uh, in in times of
1: in times of need elsewhere, able to make time for the, the I don't know pod. I
0: don't know what Connor is trying to promote right now because yeah, I'm not sure, but just be on we'll, I'll let you know there when stuff like that happens uh that needs to be promoted. But uh Jay, you've been I think this is like yes. you're on a streak right now, I think. my my wife earlier today was like
1: you know another podcast and i was like yeah i'm sorry
0: we're occupying so much of your time
1: but you know yeah uh, it's fine. I know this. I've been on a bit of a streak and I think I don't think I have anything scheduled after this for a while. So. No, you you. I got you, you, you,
0: but I do have you down for something. But we'll, we'll talk.
1: We'll t- My agent, your agent. <laughs> if we'll you talk. need
0: a break, we can talk about that, too. But no, no, I'm I'm so fine. It's it's been awesome. This has been a great run. I like we have a, we have a great we've mentioned it before, but the Gooniverse, uh, which now I've decided I like <laughs> to call it. <laughs> <laughs> the Flashback sixty four Gooniverse. Um no, it's it's been great having you on, but I guess um you have a you had a new video out in our last episode. I, had a
1: new video. I don't I don't know when this episode drops, so I don't think I'll have a new video by the time this episode. We have episode a new drops. one for
0: this already because idea. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well,
1: actually, yeah, I just I just put out the Final Fantasy Four episode in my playing every Final Fantasy game kind of series on my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash idolism, J-I-D-O-L-I-S-M-J. Uh, that's a oh, huge video. Mm. It's like it's one hour, 47 minutes. And like, I hate to tell you every video in the Final Fantasy series, they're only getting they're, bigger how could <laughs> it not. Yeah, they're only getting freaking like the I'm working on the Final Fantasy 5 one on top of some smaller videos, but like the Final Fantasy 5 one, that's going to be two hours. Final Fantasy 6, probably two hours plus. Like, I know next year when I get to Final Fantasy 5, or uh, Final Fantasy 7, I'm just expecting it to be like, yeah, well, yeah. Video. oh my gosh. So it, it'll be, it's going to be, It's gonna. I'm working my ass off, but that's uh, the newest one up. Uh, I've been hearing some great reviews from it. People love mm-hmm. it. So if you Wanna learn more about Final Fantasy or any of the other just harebrained video game stuff I make video content for, uh
0: youtube.com slash idolismj, I D O L I S M J. I've been I've been really liking those videos. I haven't played any of the ones you have. I know there some of the early ones I really want to play. I'm mm-hmm. very curious about four you just did and six are like the big ones, right? Um but I've Yep, that's well, for America.
1: Yeah, for America. Right,
0: yeah. So I I, I have like in whatever the past handful of years been checking off some final fantasy games on my list um and it's just a series i'm more and more interested in as the years go on and so like even though i haven't covered played any of the ones you've covered like i i really like the sort of retrospective on them that i eventually plan to get into like it gets me more excited about it and then i'm also very excited for you to cover like i've played seven and nine and 12 I think so I'm like excited for you to okay. cover some of those too yeah. and...
1: I, was, I was talking about in in um, my discord not my channel discord but like my fighting game team discord today uh, 9 is the only fi- fan of Final Fantasy I know almost nothing
0: Ooh, about okay.
1: I don't know anything about 9 I know it's Zidane I know the crystals are back TM and <laughs> like that's it that I, I don't know shit about nine. So everyone, everyone, all my friends are like, okay, we're going to be tight lipped. Cool. For the next okay, I won't say too. anything. You don't know anything about nine. I, don't, I know everything. I know a lot about all the other Final Fantasy games. I don't know shit about nine and I've kept it that way for a long time.
0: What's well, something I like a lot. So Whenever I get to nine, I'll be ready. I like them a lot just as like, I, I like the sort of thing, like we're going through chronologically covering n 64 games on my channel. Yeah. I've been going through the Zelda series. Uh, and I just like, there is, there's something really cool about, or like even this episode, just seeing like, you know, how things changed and what, like you're even talking about in four, like how they, they took some of the best elements from the previous games and like kind of made like a super game out of that. I don't know. I think it's just really cool. It's, it's exactly what we're doing here. But like,
1: as I said at the, at the, at the jump, like playing star Fox one and two, gives you such a fuller idea of why Star Fox 64 is the way it is. Mm -hmm. Like If you just played Star Fox 64, you're like, oh damn, this game's crazy. This is amazing. If you play 1 and 2, you're like, well, shit, there's almost no original ideas in 64. It's taking everything from 1 and 2 and just like super polishing it to, to give it another gun.
0: Yeah, before it could be almost like, oh man, I can't believe they made this. And then when you play them, it's like, oh, like if they didn't make something as great as this, it's like, like what were they doing? You know, because they've they've been working towards it. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, go check out your your channel is awesome. I'm I I'm loving those I videos. Do. Uh McKenna. Do you want to promote anything What do you got going on right now? Uh, You're
3: still working on the thing. I am. Can't I can't say I feel it like yet. I keep. I mean, I've mentioned it before. The longest tease. It's. I know. It's a really. <laughs> It's getting closer. I I've uh, I'm doing the working on it. Work. Well, on I'm it. doing a Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom thing, but yeah, uh, Zelda. Yeah. But we we're doing are Zelda. Doing... Well, I'm co- I'm covering Twilight Princess yes. on
0: my channel. Um, we're covering on the Zelda Dungeon YouTube channel the Twilight Princess manga. We've been reading that, which has been fun. We've got, well, we've only got one out. Uh, we've got to record. We'll the next have another time. one out soon. We're getting there. We're working yeah. on it, but it's a lot of a lot of Twilight Princess we're talking about. Yeah, so. I
3: think I'm gonna. You're you're like playing through the the dungeons on your on my channel. Channel. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm about maybe game. doing some playing some of the side content yeah, on my channel. You're gonna
0: do the like cozy farming sim stuff. <laughs> you're gonna to yeah. go fishing, um, herd the goats, yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh in terms of our stuff, let's see. We've got well, I I want to say thanks someone did go give us a five-star rating and review. I I, I don't like like asking for those all the time. Uh but someone <laughs> did. It did someone's trying to offset the bad reviews we got uh which did since we don't have a lot of reviews, it brought us from 4.6 to 4.7. So, every, if yeah, you're yeah. listening now and you're like thinking, you know, it's it's like Oh, uh, could I? could I really make a difference? My five star review. You can. <laughs> you can make a difference. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess that helps us if we have a better review on iTunes or something. But uh, otherwise, we have. Well, we have we have pins now on our merch mm-hmm. store, um, and they they turned out pretty decent. We got one, and it looks pretty good. I'm pretty excited about that.
3: Yeah, we posted a pic on Instagram
0: got a cool pick on instagram with McKenna's new light so go check out that light <laughs> um we'll post the no we're not gonna promote the light um Why otherwise sponsor me no. we're on blue sky we have a discord where we do game night oh we're gonna
3: mm, yeah
0: I don't know we will have done a probably another star fox game night um we're playing star fox sixty four multiplayer with our with our buds on there and the first time we played it was a lot of fun uh And we're gonna obviously talk about the multiplayer in our next episode, so that'd be really cool. But um, yeah, come join our Discord, follow us on Blue Sky, Um, and with that, we're out. I guess we'll see everybody when we talk about Star Fox 64. All right, great mission.